Oh, Inspire Church, what an absolute privilege to be able to come around the Word this morning. In fact, if you're new and you're joining us, I want to say welcome. You know, what I'm really excited about is, thank you, Zan. Uh, what I'm really excited about is the fact that, man, there's an incredible presence of God in this place, and no doubt, seeing some of the comments, you guys are experiencing that too. And how good is God? That it doesn't matter where we are, He is not limited by that. He can meet you right where you are this morning. So let your expectation begin to rise. Let your faith begin to rise. And you know, I'm excited about an opportunity to share the Word because this is a moment where we can hear from God, where God can fuel your faith, where God can fuel hope, where, you know, it doesn't matter how you've turned up this morning. It doesn't matter... You know, I know some, some people are on a mountain high right now and it's just celebrating what God is doing. But I also know that some people are arriving this morning. Maybe that's you and you're feeling like you're in a bit of a valley experience. Well, guess what? The God that we serve is the God that is with you on the mountaintops and in the valleys. We all know Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley. Of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And I believe that's a word for somebody this morning, that wherever you are, maybe this week, maybe your, your soul is feeling downcast because of the news, what you're seeing going around, what you're seeing happening globally. But our God is sovereign. We worship the King of kings. We worship the one who I'm here to say, is not only good, is not only loving, but is faithful. I'm going to say that again. Not only good, not only loving, but is faithful. Amen? And you know what I'm excited about is an opportunity to, to continue our vision theme that we're in, our vision for 2022. Can I hear what it is? Yeah, I can hear people shouting out in this room. Hopefully, in your home hubs, people are shouting out as well. In fact, why don't you comment it right now? You know, one of the things I love is we've set up a TV so that we can see your comments, that we can engage with you just like you're in the room. What is the theme? It's let's go, let's go, Jackie. That's right, in fact... I want to pray over you, Jackie. You're the first one to comment on that. Jackie, I pray that in this year, that for both you and Nico, who happens to actually be here, I mean, Jackie's in a home. Nico's here on the camera. What an awesome couple. But I want to declare over both Nico and yourself, Jackie, that this would be a year of God's favor. That as you commit it to Him, that as you determine to go, that as it says in Psalm, oh sorry, Proverbs 16 verse 9, it says that we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. I declare that as you make your plans for this year, that the Lord would determine every step that He would lead you. You know, even in this moment, I'm reminded of how, you know, Israel, as they journeyed through the wilderness, it said that God led them that he appeared as a cloud by day and a fire by night. And I pray that that would be true in your lives, 
that this year that you would see God lead you in the daylight and even in the dark times, even when it's, it's night, that you would sense and see the leading of God in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In fact, if anyone else is going, God, I want that for me, grab a hold of it. Sometimes I do that. I hear an awesome word for someone and I go, God, I'm hungry for that too. Man, we're just sharing scripture here. Grab a hold of it. And I just want to pray for everyone, actually, before we jump into the Word. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would come in power like you already are moving in every home, on every device. And God, we ask you to speak. God, we choose to quieten and to pause in this moment and to listen. And and God, I know that I'm feeling stirred up with what I believe you want me to share. But God, I just pray above all else to have your way. God, that you'd speak to every one of us that hope would arise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Awesome. Thank you so much, band. That was incredible worship. Who agrees? Why don't you comment, comment uh, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on the app, whether you're on YouTube. Why don't you thank the band this morning? They did a phenomenal job. Zan, you were awesome this morning. You know, I got a sense as I was um, making a few edits last night. Now, I, I'm, I'm always faithful in that, you know, I, I, I prepare and I prepare early, but who knows that sometimes God gets you to make a couple of edits. Well, I was making a few edits last night, and um, I really got a sense that today there was going to be a bit of a prophetic edge in what was happening, from the worship to the MC to the Word, and I'm excited that God is already speaking. I'm also excited because, as I said you know, we can see the screen and we can see the comments. And I love some of the comments that are being shared right now because it's, it's carrying the theme that I believe God wants to touch on this morning. Isn't that exciting, guys? Come on. And I am feeling stirred for this season, 2022. I'm feeling stirred. And we're going to jump straight into it this morning. And if you're taking notes, this is the title of the message. Centered on the cause. I'm going to say that again. Centered on the cause. In fact, if you were sitting next to somebody this morning, why don't you say, centered on the cause? Because I want that to stick in our minds this morning. Centered on the cause. And the reason that is important is because I believe that the word for our church in this season is this that we've got to be centered on the cause if we want to stay on the course. We've got to be centered on the cause if we want to be staying on the course that God has for us. Come on. Somebody say amen. Somebody comment amen. Because over the last couple of years in 2022 is no different. There's been a lot going on. Amen. A lot going on. That's probably the understatement of the century. And there is something that we have learned that we are experiencing right now today, which is this. We've we've learned that the church is people. That shouldn't come by any surprise. That's what's written in Scripture. 
That's what Paul encourages us. That's what Peter encourages us in the scripture. But the church is people. And we've, we've had to discover that as we have been somewhat scattered through lockdowns and in homes and not necessarily in the building. But what we've discovered is just like God can meet us in the building, God can meet us wherever we are. In fact, right where you are, in your home, on your device. In fact, what we've discovered in the lockdowns is even if it's Wednesday and you're listening to the podcast on the bus, God can meet you where you are. Even if it's Monday night and you're in a completely different country and you're listening to this, God can meet you where you are. We've learned that the church is people, that God isn't locked down to any geographic location. And yes, I do want to point out the elephant in the room, that it is a little bit disappointing that right now, you know, it's been so awesome to be back in the building and doing it in the building and in homes, but it's a call we've had to make, like many churches right now when the cases are just escalating and there's people in all different communities who are... uh, who are dealing with COVID right now, and that's having an impact on their business with isolation. And I do want to take a moment right now and just pray, God, for every person who is experiencing COVID right now, Lord, we speak your healing power. Lord, for those who are struggling more than the norm, Lord, we speak your healing power. We speak breath where people have struggled with breathing. We speak life into their bones. Lord, we speak a speedy recovery in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray protection over every business that is being impacted by COVID right now. Whether it's isolation, whether it's fear for for people coming and and attending in cafes and restaurants or, or businesses of all sorts. Lord, we speak your protection. Lord, we want to speak especially over everyone represented in this church family, Inspire. God, we speak your provision. We're reminded that your name is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Amen. So, you know, we've had to come to realize that the church is people. And this is a good thing. This is what, you know, God can use a storm to shake things up to, to get the right alignment. You know, it's not a program. One of our four echoes Hopefully we can repeat them all, is pursue God and love people. It's that uh, we surround everything in prayer. We are better together. And the fourth one is what? Our church is beyond Sundays. And, you know, we've learned it's even one of our echoes. And I'm going to drink to that, as Pastor Don would say. We've learned that. It's not a program. If we think that church is just about this moment now, the service, whether it's in a building or at home, we've missed what God wants to do all through our week, Mondays to Saturdays and beyond. We've had to learn that. We've learned it's not just a building, although I want to say this, buildings are awesome. Because what buildings allow is us to be able to, to gather and to have a hub uh, where we can come together and things can be organized. And, you know, we're not saying that we don't need a building. We need a building. And we're, we need a building even now. But it's more than that. It's about people. And, and as, you know, the, the New Testament writers, 
they, they talk about the church and they talk about it as a family. And we've experienced that, right? That church is a family and we need it more than ever. Uh, the church is, uh, we are the building. It says we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are, we are, we are the blocks that build this together. We carry the Holy Spirit wherever we go, which is awesome, amen. Talks about us as the bride of Christ, a relationship. But this morning, as we talk about the fact that we've got to stay centered on the cause, if we want to stay on the course, I want to remind you that we are a body. Each one of us, every one of us, as we go out, we are the body, hands, feet, legs, a beating heart. But with that, I think sometimes we lose track of what that really and truly means. Because, you know, we can be excited that we're a foot. Amen? Excited that we're a foot. Man, the possibilities of being a foot, the possibilities of, man, we could be, uh, I was about to start tap dancing, and then I was going to look pretty unco. <laughs> Maybe I should have, I don't know, that, some sort of a dance thing. Um, we could get excited about, um, uh, you know, the possibilities of tap dancing, or playing football, or, or running. You know, we can get caught up on what we can do, but there's something I've learned about the body. Someone's got to make the call. Somebody's got to make the call so that we can all move in unison because a foot can't tap dance by itself or play football by itself. It needs the rest of the body moving in unison. You know, I've learned that to be true recently. Many of you know that I've taken up skateboarding again. Um, Zan probably would give me a hard time. He always says that you know what Pastor Jesse's favorite hobby or activity is because I'll bring it into a message. And yes, I'm going to bring it in this morning, and we're going to get to the word soon. But, you know, I've learned in skateboarding all over again, because I'm relearning, that the body has to be in unison. Man, I was at the skate park on Friday night with my, um, my younger sister and her family, and we all went skating. It was so much fun. They've got five boys, so add my sister, my brother-in-law, they're five boys too. Kim and I and our two boys and our girl at the skate park. Like when we turned up, like we turned up. And um, I'm, I'm rolling around and the mini ramp's full. And so I decide, you know, I'm going to get back into relearning how to do good ollies. That's when you pop the board and you jump. Um, anyway, I'm trying to get coordinated again because it's not just my foot deciding to kick down on the tail and my other foot deciding to drag the board up, but it takes all of me. And I couldn't help but laugh that as I'm trying to learn to become coordinated and my whole body to come and step, that this 12-year-old rolls past me and starts with this question, how long have you been skating? So I've got to be truthful and say, you know, I'm just getting back into it. I'm relearning again. And they're like, okay, can I give you a couple of tips? <laughs> And who knows, sometimes you just got to be humble and open. And what I love is that they were watching me ollie, and they're like, they thought I was trying to learn how to do what's called a popless ollie, where you're not stamping the tail, but you're just jumping and, and dragging it with your other foot. But that's not what I was trying to do. I was trying to do a proper ollie. And anyway, so they started to give me some tips, and it got better. And um, I started to be a little bit more coordinated, but it all comes from the head, right? Someone's got to make the call. 
for us to be united, for us to be coordinated, someone's got to make the orders. And it was my brain telling my body what I needed to do. Um, and I want to remind you of this verse, and it's in Colossians 1.18, and it speaks of Jesus. In fact, the word's powerful, so I'm going to open it up. We're going to read it from here. Colossians 1.18, and it says this, right at the beginning, and he, speaking of Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. You know, if we, we want to stay on course, we've got to be centered on the cause. And if we're to move as a body and be united, then we've got to care about what the head is saying. And I want to remind you this morning that the head isn't just a pastor or a person, but the head is Jesus Christ. So if we're going to we're going to talk about what is the cause, what is the why behind the church, what should we be doing in this season, just like any other season, we've got to go to the head. And you know what I want to tell you this morning? Jesus has already, plain as day, told us what that is. And we're going to head there this morning. Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20. These are the words of Jesus. This is the theme verse for our theme this year. When we're talking about let's go, when we're talking about what it is to grow and to go in 2022, we're talking about this. This is our cause. This is straight from the head. These are the words of Jesus. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Can I hear a go this morning? Hopefully you're saying that in your own home. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Not just wherever you are, but of all nations. Not just one type of people, but all peoples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I love this promise. Listen to this. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Those are the words straight from the head. That's our cause. That's our purpose in every season, including this season, to go. We are to become disciples and to go make disciples. I love, so Mark, Mark records the same moment in 16. Mark 16, verses 15. This is, this is what he writes. And he said to them, go into all the world. Can I hear an all? All the world and preach the good news to all creation. What is the good news? The good news is that through the cross, the kingdom of heaven is here. As Jesus preached in his ministry, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The good news is this, that it doesn't matter where you are or what state you are in this morning, that Jesus is our savior, that Jesus has come, that you would be transformed that others would be transformed through you and that we would see our world transformed. 
that the kingdom of heaven is here, that the kingdom of heaven is coming. Wherever you go, church, wherever you go, the kingdom of heaven is coming. Remember, we carry the Holy Spirit. Wherever you go, the kingdom of heaven is coming. And then one day, and I'm looking forward to this, we will experience the kingdom of heaven in all its fullness. And you know, as I'm listening to these words and reading these words about going into all the world, and preaching the good news to all creation, as we're listening to these words of, um, you know, go and make disciples, I'm reminded of what's at the beginning of the book. You know, one of the great things about the Word of God is it is a united story that points to Jesus, written over thousands of years, but yet it's united in the way that it points to Jesus. And right at the beginning of the book, listen to this. This is what we get through the cross. This is what's happening. This is the bigger picture. We read in verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you know, in your own time, you can go and and take a, a deeper look into what that looks like as God creates order and orders things and and demonstrates what it looks like to be ordered. Um, But what we know is right at the end, at the pinnacle, what does God do? He creates man in his own image. He creates us to be his image bearers, each one of us. Not to be all carbon copies, we're all different. That's the beauty of the church. That's the beauty of his creation as we see so much diversity in it. But he creates us to be his image bearers, his image carriers. And this is what he says. He blessed humanity and he says, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. You know, God's plan has always been the same. He created this place, the heavens and the earth. He created a dominion, a kingdom where he is the king where there's an order, that when we're within this order, we get life. But we know what happened. Humanity decided to do things on its own terms and things spiraled out of control because it was outside of that order. And that's the good news. That is the point of the cross, that God came to earth to die on a cross, to defeat sin, to defeat death, to bring about a restoration of creation and order and kingdom. That just like in the beginning that he created us to be image bearers, to go out, to multiply, to fill the earth. Here he is saying here, great commission, to go and make disciples, to multiply, to preach to all white nations, to fill the earth, to subdue creation. That is to bring dominion, his dominion, wherever we go. That is the cause that we've been called to. What does his kingdom look like? He's come to bring life and life to the full. He's come to bring salvation. Amen? I love it. His purpose has always been the same in every season and in this season. You know, in this moment, I want you to think about what the gospel means for you, because it starts with us, what it means for you. You know, I think about what we've been saved from and what we've been saved to, from darkness to light. 
from sin to righteousness. I'm going to drink again. From hopelessness to hope, from fear to faith, from guilt, shame to the clean slate. That's the beauty of the cross. From addiction to freedom. You know, from a a life of walking aimlessly to one that's walking in his purpose. That is what the gospel is all about. It starts with us. It starts with the fact that I look at my life and see what God has saved me from and what he saved me to. And it's not only that, but he calls us to participate in that. That it's not just about his his life-changing power working in us, but through us. You know, we sang Waymaker this morning, and I love, um, you know, so, thank you so much, team. That was a powerful song. And I love what Pastor Don said at the beginning of the year about that song, that it's not just about a waymaker in us, but it's a waymaker through us. And it's through the power of God, amen. You know, I love that song we sang this morning about graves into gardens. Man, that, that bridge is basically summing up the gospel from graves to gardens, from bones to armies, from a sea to a highway. That is the good news. And it's not just addition, it's not just about a church, just us and no more, um, or maybe one or two and, and, and just trickling in. We're talking about multiplication. That God is calling us to be disciples, to pursue him, to be changed by him, but to make disciples, to love others. You know, I want to challenge you this morning, and it's a challenge for us as a church, that discipleship isn't a six-week program, okay? Discipleship is a lifelong journey. And as we mature in that, not only do we continue to be disciples, but we make disciples. We come alongside others. That is our cause. We've got to be centered on the cause if we want to stay on the course that God has for us. You know, it's really interesting when we think about the mirroring that's happening between, you know, Genesis and that. And, you know, the gospel is greater than any human cause, and we know that a cause can be powerful because people will give up jobs for a cause. People will uproot things and change things for a cause. And, and as, you know, there's power and unity around a cause. God loves unity. In fact, it says that he commands a blessing on unity. But when it is a cause that he has created... And I want to challenge us this morning to be unified around the cause that he is giving us to bring the gospel to every nation, to all places. You know, when he is coordinating it, there's the blessing. So, you know, I want to dive into this because I think this is really, really interesting. And you, no doubt, if you've been in church longer than 10 minutes, you will know this this passage, and if you don't, go read it again afterwards. There's so much in here. But it's Genesis 11, verse 1, and it says this. This is right near the beginning. So we've got God created the heavens and the earth. Man screws up, decides to do things um, on their own way, on their own terms. Things spiral out of control. God shows mercy. Things spiral out of control. God shows mercy. And this is really things spiraling out of control. It says, now the whole world 
had one language and one common speech. And I want to say this this morning, there's something powerful when we share the same language, when we're talking about the same stuff. And as men moved eastward, and that's a little clue from the writer, because, you know, Adam and Eve left eastward out of the garden. It's just, it's just demonstrating how far people are moving away from, from God and, and God's order. It says, they found a plain in Shinar, and they settled there, and they said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they used brick instead of stone, and bitumen instead of mortar, and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the earth. Man, there's nothing like a cause that brings people together, something and a banner um, that, that, has, that has power. Because listen to this, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building, and the Lord said, if there's one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. There's power in unity. There's power in a cause. It's by God's design. But we've got to be careful, church. Are we listening to the head? Because listen to this. Come. Let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. And so the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. And that is why it's called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world, and from there the Lord scattered them over the whole earth. You know, at Babel, God came and he confused the language, and they were separated you know, God came and he built a barrier to understanding. You know, there was unity together, but this, this was about making a name for themselves. This isn't making a name for God. And so God confused it. Now listen to this, and, and you're going to see the connection here, and I think this is incredible. Remember, God loves unity. God loves a cause, but when he ordains it, then nothing can stop it. Nothing is impossible. Listen to that. So in Acts, Jesus, um, it starts with that same moment we read where Jesus is giving those final words, the commission, the cause, and then he goes up to heaven. No, he doesn't die. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, and they were talking about how Jesus, you know, when he died after he had died on the cross. It's like, no, 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 that's not happened. what happened. Jesus ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God in all authority. In fact, I want to encourage you this morning. Who remembers the what would Jesus do bracelets? You've got to definitely have been in church a few years to know those. WWJD, what would Jesus do? Not what would Jesse do, but what would Jesus do? You know, Jesus is seated on the throne. He is the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. He is sovereign. It is not what would Jesus do. It's what is Jesus doing as he's partnering with us, his body. Here's the head. So anyway, he gives the commission, the cause. And then he gives them this little tip. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, 
which you have heard me speak about. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then we fast forward. Chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. There's power when we gather together, whether it's in the building, on homes, online, but not on our own. God hasn't called us to be lone rangers and rambos. He's called us to be like the Avengers, together. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. I'm reading from Acts 2. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. Man, this is the Holy Spirit coming. This is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now listen to this. Now there we're staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And they were utterly amazed. And it references all of these different places. And it says, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. You know what's interesting here? Is right at the beginning of the book, we hear about God seeing a cause where people are united. But they wanted to make a name for themselves. It wasn't about the kingdom, what he, his plan, his purpose. And so what did he do? He confused their languages. He built up a barrier to understanding. He came and he intervened. But here, as they are together in one place for the cause of Christ, as the head is ordering the body how to move and how to be unified, they are filled with the Holy Spirit. And in many languages, they speak one truth. Where at Babel, God confused the languages so they couldn't understand. At Pentecost, God took all the languages of the earth so people could understand that people could be united, that people could hear about the wonders of God and come to know Him as His plan has always been so that their lives could be transformed. Because it said that after Peter jumped up and began to preach that 3,000 in that one day were saved. You know, in Peter's message, and, and it goes on to say every day that God was adding to their number. It goes on to say that they were of one heart and one mind. God was doing something. God was blessing something as people were centered on the cause. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit. That is why we carry the Holy Spirit so that we are enabled for the task. That's a word for someone this morning. You, you might be sitting there and you're listening and you're thinking, isn't that those verses all about an evangelist going out? Pastor Don, you know the stories of him in airports and cafes and wherever he goes. No, this is each and every one of us. Each one, every one of us has a part to play, whether it's the conversations, the relationships, you know, what I've discovered in my own life is um, often what happens is people will recognize something in you 
before they recognize or want to recognize it's God. You know, sometimes someone can be bagging the church in one breath and a couple of breaths later ask you why is something different about you. And I want to encourage you in this moment, you know, 1 Peter 3 and 15 and 16, there's a great statement in there that says, be ready to defend the hope that's within you. As we stay centered on the cause, as we are being disciples, as God is changing us, and that's a lifelong thing, he will use you to see his life-changing work work in someone else's life. It might be as simple as the fact that they notice that your marriage doesn't seem to have the same issues that they're experiencing. Or maybe it's the fact that you've started a business right at where people go, man, the economy seems to be screwed and you're starting a business. Maybe it starts there. But those are the stepping stones towards being able to share the good news. Anyway, that's... um, that's not on my notes. We need to get back to my notes just for a second. Um, yeah, we've got to remember the good news is what we've been saved from and to, and we've got to recognize by whom. You know, Peter says it. He sums it up so well. 4 verse 12, book of Acts. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. That is the good news. So I want to leave you with a couple of points, okay? This morning, how do we stay focused? How do we stay centered on the cause? Number one, if you're writing notes, is this. Avoid dilution. It's so easy to dilute what God is calling us to. If you call yourself a follower of Christ this morning... I'm going to challenge you that it's not enough just to believe. God is calling us to be disciples and to make disciples, to pursue God and to love others, to be transformed and see his power transform lives through us. You know, um, in Matthew 16, here's some tough words. Listen to this. Jesus tells us to take up our cross. You know, Paul writes it in Galatians 2 that I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ through me. That's us learning not just to be excited about being a foot or a hand, but being led by the head. I want to encourage you, let's think about how we gather this year. I know today's a little bit different, but let's not just do this on our own. Let's reach out to somebody. Let's jump in a home. Let's get alongside somebody? How do we gather? How do we grow? What are we doing to grow as disciples? Are we jumping into an eye group? Are we getting into the word? Are we praying? Are we worshiping? How are we growing? How are we going? You know, some of us, yes, maybe God has given you a voice and great articulation. Maybe it's literally being on the stream team and, and, and being able to stream this. Maybe it's hospitality. You know, sometimes the quickest way to somebody's heart is through their stomach. Who knows that? Nothing like food to open up and be able to share the good news. Maybe you're part of the chain. 
You know, I think sometimes we think we've got to be the beginning and the end of someone coming to know Jesus, but we are a body. So avoid dilution. Number two, avoid pollution, okay? Pollution is when we start to mix things up. It's, the, it's not just the gospel anymore. We've, we've, we've mixed things up. And I want to encourage you right now, this thing here, the Bible, will have power in your life when it has the right position in your life. Is this the first thing we go to, or is this the supplementary thing to other voices? Because when you've got so many voices in your world, you'll become overwhelmed. In fact, it will even cause you to stop in your world. But when this has the right position, when this takes uh, you know, priority in your world, God's voice will become so much clearer for you. The cause will become so much clearer for you. You know, I love Paul. So often he writes about in light of the gospel or in light of the cross, and then he talks about the cultural issues of his time. I want to challenge every one of us, and I'm challenging myself on this, that let's not try and interpret this by our cultural challenges in our cultural moment, but let us, let this read us and read our cultural moment and go, God, in light of the gospel, and as I go into all the world and every facet and every person and all peoples, what are you wanting me to do here? Not what am I doing and how do we tag you on, God, but what are you doing and how do we partner? This, this, this is going to have power when it has the right position in your life. And the last one is this, number three, Tophets. Number one is avoid, uh, what was it? Dilution. Number two, avoid pollution. Number three is avoid distraction. Uh, I had a great conversation with Pastor John and Shuren this week, and he told me the story that I thought was, was pretty awesome. I'm sure all of us has been kayaking before. And, um, you know, I remember going in a great kayak with my wife, Kim, um, on our honeymoon, actually, we were in Samoa, and we're staying at a beach, but if you took the kayaks around the corner, there was an inlet, and it took you into uh, like a, a, um, an estuary, and then a river mouth, and then it took you, took you for ages. We stopped and turned around, because we knew, didn't know how far we were going. But anyway, when you're kayaking, the safest place to stay, to stay on course, is dead in the center. Dead in the center. Staying centered will keep you on the course. But we all know the fringes are fun. That's where you go and you check things out and you can head back out. But there's a danger if we lose sight of staying centered and we just hang out in the fringes all the time. That's when you can get snagged, where you can hit a rock, where you can get yourself into trouble. And I think in every season... We've got to continually go, Holy Spirit, lead me. Remember, we're given the Holy Spirit for this. Holy Spirit, lead me. Help me to stay centered on your cause. Help me to stay centered in what you're wanting me to do, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your university, in your school, in your community, everywhere, every facet, Holy Spirit, lead me. I'm going to end with a quote, okay? I'm going to end with a quote. I love this. This is by a, um, a theologian named Michael F. Bird. Great book I recommend it. It's called What Christians Ought to Believe. 
which sounds pretty funny, but he's basically written about the early church and the things that they centered on as so important. Because, you know, the followers of Jesus and the followers of the followers of Jesus and the followers of those followers, I'm, I'm really keen to understand what was so important to them because the purpose hasn't changed. And, and I love this. This is a bit of a challenge. What the church has to offer the world is not our architecture. I know Dave Pearson's sitting up right now um, because, yes, there are amazing architects like Dave Pearson, um, but that's not our primary purpose of the church is not to offer the world our architecture or our programs, even though there are incredible programs all over the world doing good things. Our press releases, our politics, our clergy, um, if you knew that just means like pastors, or even our potlucks. Who loves a good barbecue? You can tell this wasn't written by a Kiwi, potlucks, but barbecues. The best thing, and really the only thing that we have to offer is Jesus Christ. The one thing that the church can offer that no other organization or institution can is Jesus as Lord and Savior for all peoples. The mission of this peculiar people called the church is to live and to love and to serve and to sing and to preach and to teach that Jesus Christ is Lord Because it's with that priority that we see change begin to happen in our lives and change begin to happen in our communities and divisions broken down through Jesus and marriages restored because of Jesus and hurting people and addicts set free because of Jesus, relationships restored because of Jesus Change at every level because of Jesus. You know, Ephesians 3 says this, and I'm truly ending here because we want to do communion this morning. We've said it every week. We're getting to communion. We are doing communion this morning, okay? But Ephesians 3 verse 10 says this. His intent was that now, and we're talking about God, Through the church, listen to this, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished. That means it's done in Christ Jesus our Lord. We know that this isn't just about people, but there's spiritual things going on, and the church is a statement of God's manifold wisdom. You know that, ma- that word manifold means of many different colors. The diversity of the church, diversity in people, positions, marital status, diversity in um, giftings, and the types of people that you can reach. God chooses to bring us together, to unite us. You know, Paul here is talking about bringing Jews and Gentiles together. We're talking about all of us, that no one is left out. That's the manifold wisdom of God as he chose us, the church, to partner with him in his purpose. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. 
We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.